Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen Merkel and I'm the host of the show. And together with a wide range of legendary leaders themselves and experts in the field of self-leadership, we are going to explore concepts and ideas that show you how you can move past your fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage you to becoming a legendary leader yourself with far more natural impact, influence and inspiration. So are you ready for it? Well, welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Legendary Leaders podcast. I'm really delighted to have you all here again today. And as always, I've invited a brilliant guest, such an inspirational but also interesting personality. His name is Richard Matthews and he's the so-called hero maker. He doesn't only live in an RV with his entire family traveling from location to location, enjoying what each location has got to offer. He works from there and he has built numerous businesses from there. He leads a team that's remotely placed across the globe from there. And actually, they absolutely love working with and for him. The reason why we are talking here together today is that I was approached by one of his team members who said that he is a fantastic boss who really cares for his team. Their well-being is super important to them. And I was like, all right, now you are talking. That's definitely a topic I'm interested in, I'm curious about. And I know that there are quite a few out there who uh, would love to understand more how to truly get people on board, even though you don't see each other all the time or at all, how you still can build a team that in, really enjoys working together, that supports each other, and that gets to know one another properly as if you were in the same location. That's just one of the topics that Richard and I are going to discuss today. We are also going to talk about life in the RV, working in the RV, and actually how he started living this life, why he started it, what is his purpose and what kind of freedom does he want to experience in his life, not just for himself, but also for his family. We're also going to talk about what he's doing for his day-to-day -day business, how he supports other people, how he creates heroes, how he connects with all of his clients. And we are also talking about what truly motivates and drives him and what fun stories and also challenging stories he has to share about everyday family life. He's truly a self-leader and a leader to others and I can't wait to share this episode with you. So do enjoy and I speak to you in a moment. Hey Richard, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. It's a little warm today. I mean, you know, middle of July here in, uh, in the US is really, really hot, but... <laughs> Hey, come over to the UK. Once you can travel again, you get a bit of rain, you know, mid-20s max, if even some grey weather. If you need a change, here you go. <laughs> Richard, tell the audience where you actually are at the moment. Well, here, for those of your audience that are actually watching on video, let me zoom this out. I'm in the back bedroom <laughs> of an RV. So you can actually see on that side, that's like the back closet and that's the bathroom. That's actually the shower stall in the bathroom. And this is the bed that my wife and I sleep on. I'm in a little mobile studio that I've set up here in the back bedroom for our audience um, or for podcasts like this. Uh, my wife and I have been traveling full time on the road since 
spring of 2017. So we just started our fifth year of travel. So we got four years under our belt and we're in our fifth year of travel. And now we made a baby on the road. So we're up to four kids now. I've got a 11 year old boy and then three girls um, who at this point are seven, four and two. And you probably can't hear them right now because we are at a friend's house in South Carolina for the holiday weekend and they're out playing in the pool. Amazing. I mean, that is incredible. And you cannot believe how many people I'm talking to on a daily basis, teaching them, running workshops with them, coaching them through quite some challenging situations. And a lot of those leaders I'm working with in particular highlight to me, oh my God, um, this time is so tough. I live in a house with my family. I can't really leave the house. I work from home all the time. My home office is really small. And in between, you know, I need to go to the kitchen and do some homeschooling or prepare lunch and so on and so forth. All these lovely challenges the pandemic brought to us, Western Europeans here, in terms of suddenly combining family, work life, and everything else. You have been doing that for quite some time, as you've just mentioned. So tell us a little bit more about how you do it, how you embrace it. What is life like with a family combining work as well? You are a multi-entrepreneur. Yeah, give us some insights into your life. Yeah, so I've been I've been working from home um, probably since my son was one and a half or two years old. Um, I remember one of my first commitments I made to my wife when she, you know, broke the news that we were pregnant with my first son was um, I remember standing in the kitchen and telling her I was like I want to be home for lunch as much as possible throughout his whole life and it was specifically lunch right because you know some dads get to be at home for breakfast and a lot of dads get to be home for dinner Um, but I was like I want to be home for lunch every day for my kids and so my son's 11 going on 12 and he can probably count on his two hands how many times I haven't been home for lunch in his whole life you know that was just a goal I set out for myself and I'm you know hopefully keep that up for all four of my children as they grow up um, and I've been there for every, you know, every first step and every, uh, um, you know, every first word and all those things I've been able to be home for that. Um, a lot of that has been just a commitment to figuring out how to both work from home when I worked corporately and how to run my business from home. So been doing that since long before it was required with the pandemic. And a lot of it has to do with um, a couple of things. One is having a space that is your workspace. So when we were in a, what us road travelers call a sticks and bricks house. <laughs> well, what is uh, that? So it's a house that's made of sticks and bricks. Oh, um, so it's a, per, a permanent home. So a sticks and bricks ho- home is, uh, we had, I had an office space mm-hmm. and an office space for us meant just, it was a corner of our master bedroom that I had a mm-hmm. corner desk set up in. And when I closed the door, that meant nobody was allowed in because I was, I needed to be in focus mode or other things like that. It is very, very helpful if you have a spouse <laughs> who is at home and you guys can switch back and forth for whoever is in charge of the children. So I can't speak to people who are, uh, who are trying to do it by themselves, but I know for my wife and I, um, a lot of times, you know, because I set my own schedule and other things, if she needs to go run an errand or go do something or take care of one of the children, I can come out and go with the other kids and take care of those. Or if I need to get on an interview like this one or, you know, set some time for to actually get something accomplished and get it done, I can just close the door and be like, hey, I'm working for the next 45 minutes. I need to not be bothered. And my wife will make sure that that happens. So when you shrink that down into a motorhome, not a lot changes. Um, we have a, a door that slides closed over there. And the sound does carry pretty well. 
So our additional rule when we're in the RV is not only do I need to not be bothered, but also I need you to be quiet, which is uh, difficult, especially when you have toddlers. The other day on one of the interviews, um, she, you know, busted open the door and came in here and she's, you know, butt ass naked because she's two years old and learning to potty train. And she crawls under here, flips herself on her back and is scooting on her feet under my chair to get to some toy she knows is over here. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's under my chair looking up at me going, I'm getting a toy, daddy. I'm like, I'm recording. You need to leave. <laughs> so, and then she was mad because she couldn't get her toy. Um, so it comes with its, it comes with its problems, but for the over overwhelming majority, we handle it pretty well. It's a lot of fun. And I would rather have an interview get interrupted by my toddler who is crawling upside down, naked, smiling at me, trying to get a toy than not be here. Mm. That makes sense. Mm, it makes um, a lot of and, sense. Yeah. And to me, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because my kids are more important to me than my work is. Mm. I love my work. I love what I do. And I love how I help people and the value we bring to this world. But really my mission is to create, you know, great citizens of the world, right? For our, my children and raise them up. I tell people all the time, my kids are living and breathing messages that I'll get to send to times and places I'll never see. Mm. So Anyways, that's sort of the way I think about it and whatever I need to do to modify my life so that I can work and live and travel with my kids and my wife and sort of help them experience this world is I think is worth doing. Yeah. And it sounds like you truly lived a life of freedom. So, <laughs> so is it like it, right? Do you feel you truly live a life of freedom? And if so, what is your definition of freedom? So um, you know how you have like your business name and then you have like the legal name that's on your paperwork. Mm -hmm. They don't always have to match, right? So my legal name for my business is Five Freedoms. And Five Freedoms is, it's just sort of, it's a mantra that I've lived by for deciding like, um, it's, it's the thing I run all of my decisions through for growing my business. And I've shut down businesses because they didn't answer the questions to, the, you know, to the Five Freedoms the way I wanted and moved on to different things. So the Five Freedoms are essentially, um, they're real simple, right? So First one is political freedom, right? And I define all these pretty much the same way. And political freedom is the ability to do basically what you want without the, you know, without the government influencing your decisions, right? Yeah. So you don't, you don't have the government telling you what you can and can't do for the most part. Mm -hmm. So we enjoy a lot of that in the Western world, particularly in the US, have a lot of political freedom. Um, you know, of course you have, you know, certain societal rules, like you can't murder people and other things. And I think those are legit rules. Absolutely. But, you know, yeah. for, the, for the most part, we enjoy a lot of political freedom today. The second one is spiritual freedom. And the, I don't know how much you want to get into religion on the podcast, but that's uh, talking about essentially understanding who you are and how you fit into the creation, how, you know, how you were created and your spark of divinity and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then there's the ones that most people are familiar with, right? Um, which is your financial freedom, your time freedom, and your location freedom. Mm -hmm. And most people will focus on your financial freedom to the detriment of the other two, of mm -hmm. uh, uh, time freedom and location freedom. And so financial freedom is being able to do what you want without your decisions being influenced by the amount of money you have in the bank. Time freedom is the ability to choose what you do with your time, yeah. right? Without someone else getting to choose what you do for your time. And then location freedom is being able to choose where you do those things, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And so when it comes to my life, I have, I, I discovered, oh, a number of years ago, I had, you know, when I was a younger entrepreneur, I had like this big, fat, huge number on like how much money I wanted that I thought equaled financial freedom. And I discovered along the way to hitting that number that I hit a number, a much smaller number that I was like, I actually can do all the things that I actually want to do 
with my life and my wife and my kids and the travels and everything. And the bigger number became less important to me. Yeah. And I started focusing more on the time freedom and the location freedom and then have since hit the bigger number. But either, <laughs> either way, what's interesting is you realize that, you know, what's actually important. And so when it comes to the other ones, so time freedom, time freedom is again, the, the ability to choose what, when you, how you spend your time. And because I run my own business, I essentially control my own schedule. Um, when I worked for a corporate company a number of years ago, I managed to score a work from home deal. So I got to control a lot of my time and my location with them as well. And there's a whole fun story behind how I managed that. But time freedom, I think is really important because if you have your time freedom and you can choose what to do with your time and when you want to do it, um, even when you have to work really hard on certain projects um, or something, you spend a lot of time working, yeah. it's your choice to do those things. And I believe when you are in control of those choices, it, it significantly impacts that feeling of freedom you were talking about. And uh, same thing that goes with the location freedom, right? So if, if you're like, you know, we've been at the point, um, you know, we've been up to the top of Yosemite Valley where like, you know, I'll get my work done in the morning and when you're standing outside Yosemite, you're like motivated to get it done early oh, and get it done yeah. well and get it done quick. So you're like a mile and a half down the road, there's a 40 foot waterfall that my son and I can slide off of into a pool and go cliff diving and other things. And I was like, you know, that's, that's that whole location freedom, time freedom, financial freedom, all sort of wrapped into one. And when you're like, I can both provide for my family, provide value for my clients, and then spend the afternoon jumping off waterfalls with my kids. Mm -hmm. It's a level of freedom that you just, that a lot of people don't experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when you run all of your decisions by how does this impact my time freedom? Yeah. How is this going to impact my location freedom? How is this going to impact my financial freedom? And if it, if it's negatively impacting those things, you have to decide if whatever the result is, is worth that. Um, and then I have recently started talking about something I call the sixth freedom. Um, and this is just because something I've, I've learned about recently um, in the last couple of years, which is your health freedom. Because if your health is suffering, it doesn't really matter what the other ones are doing. So I've been working with a, a peak performance coach and working on everything from detoxification and parasite removal and hormone, like working on creating high levels for, you know, testosterone and other hormone balances and like how to like do some brain hacking for high, high performance function and stuff. Been able to increase our business and have better ideation and focus and all those things because of improving health. And, you know, what good is it to be able to adventure and play with your kids if you can't keep up with them because you're not healthy. So those Arch are- Richard. <laughs> I have around 10,000 questions for you, right? Just from what you have shared at the moment, but so much resonated with me as well. I absolutely and fully understand what you have just described, being able to combine all of your loves and passions, um, being able to work to run a business successfully. And we will talk about that far more on how you add value to the world as well, but then spend time with the people you love in places you love. So yeah. what, what does your schedule basically look like? And I don't mean by that the daily schedule and the timelines, more about how often do you travel? Where do you go? How flexible are you as a family as well? Because I appreciate the kids probably have school or nursery or need to be looked after. Maybe you do homeschooling. So that would be fantastic to know. There's, there's a couple of things that go into that discussion of scheduling and like how you run a life like this. And I think probably one of the big ones is on the business side, learning how you optimize your time so that you have as much of it available to do non-business things, right? Especially when you're in cool places and other things. And when I was living in our sticks and bricks house, um, which was again, four or five years ago, probably the last year up to that, my average workday on my business was anywhere between eight and 14 hours mm -hmm. a day. 
mm-hmm. you know, probably six days a week, yeah. which a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to, right? Because it's a lot of work to do what we do, especially if you haven't learned how to optimize it. Um, and maybe you've heard of that quadrant of like the urgent and important yeah. things. And we spend a lot of time in stuff that's urgent and not important. Absolutely. Yes, true. <laughs> And so one of the things that I did after reading a, um, I'm going to forget which book it was. I think it was The Ant and the Elephant by Vince Visconti, which is a little book you could read like while sitting on the toilet, short little book. <laughs> but what it talks about. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but the place to withdraw to when you live in an RV, <laughs> is that the case? The toilet. Uh, so I actually will, like, if I need to get away, I'll go take a shower in the camp shower. Like okay. I'll just leave and go take a you know, <laughs> long, warm shower. But that's me. I like to think in the shower. But anyways, he talks in that book about an experiment they did with children where they would take them on a school playground and the playground is essentially like the school. And then there's the backyard area that has the concrete pad. Mm -hmm. And then outside of that, there's the big grass field that's surrounded on three sides by the street. Yeah. And they took all the fencing down around the grass. So it just goes out into the streets and they would let all the kids out to play to see what they would do. Mm -hmm. And what the kids did when there's no physical barriers, when there's no barriers on what they could do, they would go with the natural barriers and the natural barrier, the kids would all congregate on the concrete pad and they would play just on the concrete pad. And so, and they did that for a week and then they um, put the fencing up all around the grass from the streets and they let all the kids back out. And suddenly the entire grass area, the kids go and explore in the, in the, the whole area that they had fenced off. And the conclusion, and they have a whole bunch of other studies that, that sort of confirm this is that creativity thrives with restrictions, right? And so if you think about that, everything in terms of like, when you're looking at photography, for instance, you have a little square, you know, Mm -hmm. four by three square, and you're looking at what to cut out of the world. That square is your restriction. And same thing with videography or painting or um, a lot of a lot of what you're you're doing with art and creativity is figuring out how to take what you see in the world and put into whatever restriction you currently have. And when it comes to our business and the time that we're putting into our business, we don't think in terms of how do I restrict this to increase the levels of creativity, right? So I started experimenting with how can I restrict my time schedule so that I can get more of it back and see how that impacts the productivity in the business. So one of the things I started doing was saying, hey, if um, instead of working 14 hours a day, six days a week, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what if I only did eight hours a day, five days a week, like a normal working person? <laughs> and so I did that for six weeks and saw how that impacted my business. And you realize that now that I have, I don't have unlimited time to do the work in my business, because that's the way we think as entrepreneurs. It's like, oh, I've got all the time in the world because I'm not restricted, right? I can do whatever I want. Um, So we can take as much time as we want to do our projects. And then we do, we fill up the available time we've given ourselves. And so I started restricting it and treating my work clock like a business work clock. Like I had to clock in and clock out, restricted it. And And my productivity went through the roof. So I was like, well, let's do it a little bit more. And instead of you know, five days, eight hours, eight hours a day, let's do four days at eight hours and see what happens. And then it was like, let's try four days and six hours and let's do four days and four hours. And I get more done now, four days a week and four hours. I run two different businesses on four hours a day, four days a week. And both of those businesses do really, really well and have, have many employees and whole bit. And we travel and we run those things because I've learned how to figure out what's the important things that are that I need to get done and make sure that only I'm only doing those and then how to delegate the other things to team members, right? Which is all stuff I struggled with early in my career because I was like, I have all the time. I can do all these things. But when you start restricting your time, you're like, mm, I can't do that mm-hmm. either because I don't have the time or because I'm not the best person to do it. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time doing things that we're not the best person to be doing. 
um, when we give ourselves all the time. When you, but when you start restricting it, then you start having those thoughts where you're like, okay, this is not the best use of my time. Who's the person I need to hire to make that happen? And again, like I said, I run two businesses on four hours a day, four, four days a week now while traveling. So that's the first thing. And I've got a few others we can talk about, like the actual travel schedule. But do you want to talk about that bit for, before we move on? Yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, where you go and how you manage that as a family. I, I do believe it would inspire quite a lot of people who even struggle. And, and there's no judgment in it with getting their, how do you call it, sticks and bricks yeah, house. Sticks. And <laughs> we call it bricks and mortar here. Right? <laughs> um, and living there and combining working from home, living at home, having the family around them. And you do that at a teeny tiny space. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. I try to work my work schedule at the same time the kids are doing their homeschool. Mm -hmm. And since mom is at home and she's sort of in charge of the homeschool, mm -hmm. generally that means I got a quiet house. So again, we have toddlers, so it's not always a quiet house yeah. because toddlers are shrieky and loud and they're amazing, but they're also very loud. They're just, you know, <laughs> very loud little creatures. But generally I try to finish my, whatever I have to do for the day by the time my kids are done with their school. So there, when you're traveling, there's two different types of places. There's boring places and there's cool places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you're in boring places, which happens a lot more than people think, um, when you're traveling, you're not always, you know, standing on the edge of Yosemite and going off of waterfalls in the afternoon. Very true. Uh, you know, sometimes you're just at a park in the middle of nowhere um, mm -hmm. or you're in a transitionary place from one cool place to another cool place. And so we'll have sometimes weeks on end where there's not a lot of cool things to do um, or cool places to go. So we are just doing normal household stuff. And then when you're in cool places, you have a lot of extra motivation. So we do a couple of things. So one of them is because we homeschool and we set our, set our own schedule for that, we do year-round school. Okay. Um, so our kids are always in school. We never take a break. And so what I mean by never take a break is we never take any long breaks. Mm -hmm. So what we generally do is we do six weeks on and one week off with the kids. Mm -hmm. And what that generally does is we try to time it so that we're going to be in ridiculously cool places like Yosemite or, you know, Acadia National Park or, you know, wherever we're at, you know, Disney World or something that our one week off for the kids is while we're there in those locations. So that when we're in some place like Yosemite, we don't have to worry about schoolwork. But that's the first one. It's just sort of trying to figure out how do you mesh your business with the schoolwork. And we try to just make so that all the stuff that I'm doing is happening the same time that the school happens. That's the first one, works really well. The second bit is learning how to operate your business with as little as possible. And so what I mean by that is figuring out how to hire a team and how to manage a lot of your stuff so you can get as much work as actually needs to get done with like your phone or a tablet as possible, right? I have a big setup in here, right? I've got a, you know, a, a 32 inch monitor and lights and a, you know, fancy camera set up and a computer and like sound systems and the whole bit set up in here. Oh, yes. And it's, it's a nice office, but at the same time, I want the majority of the work that I actually need to do to be down into management and delegation because those are the kind of things that I can do from my phone and do from anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's really learning how to manage your tasks and knowing where things fit. Um, and a lot of that goes into that time freedom, right? If you know your time freedom and you know what, what goes where in your business and who needs to be doing what work, it's a lot, I don't know, simpler to organize, mm -hmm. right? Because people are like, man, it seems like you've got so much going on and so much stuff that you have to manage, but really it's, it's just, we figured out what's important and what needs to be done where. And that just comes from sort of experience and being willing to blow things up to find out. <laughs> yeah, so, take those risks, you know, absolutely. You'll find out a lot more often than not, a lot of the limits that you have placed on yourself are psychological limits. They're not real world limits. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my point there is learn to push the limits and push the boundaries and actually see what you are capable of doing. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, loving this. And, and you know what? I had this light bulb moment um, a few months ago because we, we had a baby a few months ago. Yeah. And I would say I used to be one of the entrepreneurs that you described first or I have all the time in the world. And I mm -hmm. would be like having quick dinner and then keep working until midnight or do stuff over the weekend. And there were literally yeah. no boundaries anymore. Yeah. Now my priority is time with my son and us as yeah. a family. So for me, the time freedom is priority number one. And uh, I had a conversation with my partner about it the other day. And I said, it's incredible how much more productive I became since he was born and I started working again. Because that's when you have to set boundaries. You have to focus on what's truly important, what makes the big difference and how you communicate that. Yeah. And I had an observation that actually it doesn't sacrifice the amount of work or income necessarily. So similar to what you said, I think your success was a bit more significant than you said you hit the big number. And the question for you is here, how, or what do you think happened there that you still hit the big number? It started with a breakdown in the RV. So when we first moved onto the RV, one of the things that happens when you take your house out of you know, take your whole life out of a sticks and bricks house and stick it on a tiny little house on wheels and start driving around is like literally every routine you ever had in your life got thrown out the window. Mm. Um, so we're talking about like, you probably know where to go if you want to get apples at the grocery store. Like in your head, you could drive yourself to the grocery store with your eyes closed and walk there and pick up the apples and leave, right? <laughs> like everyone, can go, yeah, like everyone can do that on this call. We can't. So like everything from where you buy your produce to how you use the restroom to how your kids could open the door. When we first moved in, our toddler was potty trained. And then suddenly she wasn't because she couldn't reach the door handle in the RV. And I had to figure out how to modify the door so she could open it. So like literally every routine you have for everything gets thrown out the window. Um, and you have to rebuild your life and rebuild all of your new routines, mm. um, which is why I always tell people, if the traveling life is something you want to look at, give yourself at least six months, because that's how long it's going to take to rebuild all your routines mm. and, you know, move them into the new life. And the first six months could be like, what in the world did I just do to myself? <laughs> <laughs> the craziest thing I've ever done. Right. <laughs> but all that comes down to like part of part of living in a mobile life is now now your house has an engine attached to it. And your engine has to work. Otherwise, you're stuck somewhere. And it comes right down to like understanding the systems in your life. Mm -hmm. Right. So I didn't understand the engine systems as well when we came in. And, you know, I, you know, I've learned a lot of everything from plumbing to electrical to carpentry to engine mechanics, a lot of things, because everything, if it can break, it will. Right. And you got to like have room to under sort of understand those systems and how they work and like what their limits are. And I realized um, there was an afternoon in, you know, we were in Texas on the way up to a, uh, national park that up the mountain, our RV died on the side of the mountain because it was having what they call a vapor lock issue. It wasn't this RV, it was an older one that we had. I couldn't figure out how to solve that problem. And we ended up on the side of the road on the side of a mountain on like a highway. And we're like parked like this. And I've got my three young kids at the time and my wife and it's getting dark and there's semi trucks going by and I can't fix it. We got no cell service. We got no internet. Oh we're in the middle God. of nowhere. And I was outside like screaming to the night and crying kind of thing. Like I've got my family stuck in the situation mm -hmm. that it's all my fault. Like I chose this life for us. I know we all sort of agreed to it. And we were going to do this, but I chose this and I'm failing them. And, you know, if our brakes don't work tonight and they, you know, something, if our brakes fail, we're going to go barreling down the mountain and we're all going to die. And so we're like, I was off the deep end. <laughs> With like, Sounds like it. Yeah. Like this is, this is where I was at in my life. I have royally effed everything up. And 
my business was struggling at the same time, right? Because it was all part of those routines that we'd thrown out the window. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't struggling from the terms of like we weren't doing good work for our clients or anything, but I hadn't really figured out how to master the systems in our business and grow, yeah. right? So I was stuck at a certain income level and I was stuck with a certain number of clients and I was stuck with a lot of things because the same thing, I didn't really understand the systems in my business. And what's interesting is the very next day we were, because um, I didn't know it was a vapor lock issue at the time, but we slept overnight you know, slanted cockwise cockeyed. And I had to take the bed and we had to rotate it the other direction. Oh, so we damn. weren't sleeping with our, our head facing down the hill. Cause then you would get all your blood fill your brain and your heart would stop working. So we had to like turn our bed around everything whole bit. Right. Um, we got up the next you morning. slept at all. No, not at all. Um, and I was really angry. It was just not a good night. But my wife was amazing. She took care of all the kids and she made everything good. And I put, put like blocks under the tires to, you know, just to ease my thoughts on not rolling down the mountain. And we slept because we couldn't do anything in the night. And then we got up the next morning and all of the uh, vapor had condensed back into liquid in the lines. Um, and we were able to drive off and get to the park we were going to. And the guy that we parked next to was a mechanic who knew our engine and knew exactly what the problem was and explained to me how the gas lines worked and what the vapor lock issue I was having and then helped me fix it while we were there. Never had that issue again. My key takeaway was like, he understood the system. And because he understood the system, mm -hmm. it wasn't a problem. It was not even a 30 minute fix for him because he understood the systems. And this is something I've been struggling with in our RV for a year. <laughs> so fast forward three months, our trip up to Texas, we were on our way to go to a business mastermind in Tennessee, which is where one of my mentors was there. And we go and every year we meet together and there's only like five or six of us, but we meet together to, in different places of the country and, you know, drink alcohol and have fun and share all of the stuff that's going well with our business and things that aren't going well. And, you know, so we come every year with like, here's the stuff I want to share. And, you know, here's the ask that I have, and here's my goals for the next year. And then we catch up the next year and see where we're all doing and how we can help each other. And we get to the end of, end of the uh, meeting and the guy who runs the, the mastermind, he pulls me aside and he's like, you're doing really cool work for your, your clients. Um, and he's like, you are your own worst bottleneck. And he's like, the thing I want you to do when you leave here is I want you to go and hire someone who will do this for you. Do any, you know, he listed these things out. And I remember looking at him and going, you're insane. Like, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to hire someone. I don't have the money or like the cash flow to do that. He was like, no, you don't understand. I didn't say you need to figure out how to pay for them. I didn't say any of that thing. What I told you to do was when you leave here, go and hire this person. <laughs> and, and I remember telling him that I couldn't do that and vacillating back and forth for probably, it was December before I actually pulled the trigger. And I hired someone, you probably talked to him a little bit. His name is Mark. I mean, I hired him part-time. So it was like half, you know, um, 20 hours a week. Yeah. And, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Cause like, I couldn't afford to pay him. And I was like, hopefully we'll figure out how to make this happen because I need to both pay him and pay for like all of our life and everything. And the most magical thing happened is that now suddenly it wasn't just me working. It was me and someone else working. And within yeah. the first two weeks, the amount of work product we were able to put out more than paid for his salary. Mm -hmm. I hired him full time the second month and he's been with us full time for several years now. For me, it was a breakthrough in understanding where the, the, how the time systems in your business work. So the first thing that I started doing with him was putting together our systems for our podcasting business, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about at some point. And when I started really, really focusing on our business on like, what are the systems for bringing in clients? What are the systems for onboarding clients? What are the systems for actually producing our work output? Our whole business from one end to the other has rock solid systems, 
that I understand and that everyone on our team understands. And all the way down to the point, like when we build a new system, I actually bring in my other staff members and show them how it all works. And now our whole business from one side to the other is systemized at a place where I'm not the only one who understands them. I'm the only one who can build them. I'm not the only one who can fix them when they break because all your systems will break. You will end up on the side of the road, (laughs) proverbially speaking with your systems in your business, crying into the night, wondering why the hell everything is breaking down. And if you don't understand the system, you won't be able to fix them. So the, the takeaway for me and what has allowed me to go from struggling and you know, not being able to grow my business, but I wanted to being able to essentially be unlimited with growing my business was figuring out how to build systems, how to understand systems and how to implement them in my business. So I think when you get to that point where you say, okay, I'm losing control. That's how it feels to me. I feel like I'm not fully in control and I feel like I'm sacrificing a lot of my time that I actually Mm -hmm. want to spend on something else. That's the moment where I think about how can I invest in great staff to support me with that and different systems. Here, the key question for me is, and yes, indeed, I have been in touch with your Mark and I think he is fabulous. And those were just two touch points, right? How did you find the Marks of this world? It is tough to find great staff. How did you do it? So Mark was the luck of the draw. Uh, I worked with a a company that does um, staff training and hired someone out of their Mm -hmm. pool of talent. But I've since worked together with him for a number of years and helped train him. And, you know, part of it is he's just a really good human being. But since then, we've hired other people that I was actually weren't luck of the draw. And there's a couple of things that go into that, that I've we managed to get several people on our team that are all, you know, on that same sort of caliber that Mark is. The first one is we start with, I start generally with asking the people on my team if they have anyone they know who's looking for work, who has like the skill sets that we're looking for. And the first skill set that I always look for is communication ability. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what the, the task is, right? We could be talking like, I need a rocket scientist. And I'm like, we can train someone to be a rocket scientist. What I can't train them to do is be a good communicator. So I hire on communication ability almost exclusively. So everything from like how they speak to how they write, to how they actually talk, all those kind of things. That's like what I hire for. It makes more sense to hire someone to fill a role in your system than it does to hire someone to manage your chaos. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. In the long term in particular. Yeah. So what helps me is we had built a system in our, our podcasting business where it was just me and Mark were doing a lot of the work and we had like mm-hmm. siloed all the things that were going out. I'm like, okay. So when we start stretching areas in the system where it's like, okay, the writing is taking us too long over here. We need to hire a writer and we can fire, hire someone that fits into that portion of the system. Yeah. Instead of hiring someone to be like, Hey, I've got this whole chaotic mess of stuff that needs mm-hmm. to get done. Can I just drop them into the, mm-hmm. into the chaos? If you take someone and you drop them into chaos, you're setting them up for failure. Yeah. Um, so if you back up a little bit and you know your systems, you know what you're trying to build, it doesn't have to be done yet or even perfect, but you have to sort of know what you're trying to build mm-hmm. and what role you're trying to get someone into. So that's the caveat to this next bit um, is like, okay, I'm looking to hire a writer for our podcasting business who can handle the, you know, taking the audio content and write the show notes or write the, um, you know, social media podcast promos or whatever it is they're writing. It's all, all the written stuff, everything from our headlines to the, you know, YouTube descriptions, they need to be able to write all those things. So what I do is I hire them for that task and they're going to get paid for the task, right? So I'm going to hire someone and what I'll do is I'll put the job out. I was like, I'm going to hire, I need to hire someone who will listen to this podcast and then write the show notes following this template, right? And then I won't give them any instructions on it other than like, here's the template, here's the thing, here's every like, you know, I'll give them the resources they need and no instructions because I want them to be able to use their brain. Um, And then I'll hire three people to do that job. And I'll pay them all for it up front. 
right? Like, I like, here's, here's what it is. It's, you know, it's a $20 task or it's a hundred dollar task or whatever it is. I'm going to pay all three of those people upfront to get that job done because paying them upfront does a couple of things. One, it shows you the kind of integrity that they're going to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you give them a deadline, like when you want it done. And then you get to see the quality of the work and you are going, you're paying three times for the same job, yeah. right? So it's an investment into a person. And so when you hire three people, you get to see what they communicate, what kind of questions they come back and ask you and what kind of person's going to get the job done. So I'm looking for the person who does the highest quality work with the least questions asked that communicates the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then they all return the work back and we go through them and take a look at like, how do they actually do? And the ones who did the best, who communicated the best about it, right? And like one of my guys on my team, his name is Rhino. I remember the first time we assigned him, um, you know, did one of those things and we assigned it. He like just went and did it. And it was really complicated. And he was like, he had questions on how to do it. And he just researched it and figured out how to get it done and came back with the done work. I'm like, that's gold. When you find someone, when you give them a complicated task and they will just figure out how to make it done, hire that person. (laughs) Uh, Right away. (laughs) So that's, that's the first step is, is, is going through that process. And then the next step is when you bring them into your company, you should have some sort of established company culture where you understand the people that you're hiring aren't cogs in your machine, right? They might actually be performing cogs function in your machine, but they're human beings who have dreams and have families and have kids and have goals and have places they want to get to. And the thing that has worked for me, I don't know if this works for everyone, but is care about those things, care about who they are, care about what they want to do, care about what they care about and see if you can help when you're talking to them and doing your team meetings and all those things, connect the things that they're doing for you and your company and the results for your company into the things they want in their life, right? Maybe it's the new apartment they want to build. Maybe it's the kid they want to have. Maybe it's the bike they want to buy their daughter for their seventh birthday, right? Whatever it is, you, you should know those things about the people on your staff. You should actually care about them. And that's how you create, you know, we talk about creating raving fans <laughs> all the time with our customers. You should do the same thing with your team. Your team should love you because of how good you are to them. And then they're willing to go the extra mile. They're willing to figure those things out because they know that you care about them and care about their results in their life and that stuff as well. Does that make sense? It makes That's so much I... sense. And, and I don't think we would be here speaking to one another if your team members wouldn't do that. Because in yeah. full transparency heard to the audience, when Mark contacted me, said, hey, I have a fabulous guy here for your show. You really should invite him. I'm always a bit skeptical in the beginning, right? And I ask a few questions just to see, okay, could there be potential? And the one thing that really struck me, and that was the moment when I said, yes, you've got me, was when he wrote to me, Richard is the most amazing guy. He really looks after us. It's important to him that we as a team feel valued, are healthy, we have a life balance, and not a lot of people would do that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, my goodness, that was genuine, that was real. And that was the hook for me to say, absolutely, come on, let's get a call arranged. (laughs) And I have never, ever experienced that with anyone else who promoted a podcast guest. I'm glad that we're we're making an impact that my team sees that because that's yeah, one of my yeah. goals. That's how I want to run my life. And we do it. We get together every week. Once a week is actually later this afternoon at five o'clock. So like three hours from now, we have a team meeting, which is just a chat, a text meeting. Yeah. And we yeah. always try to follow up on like where they're at, what they're doing, you know, uh, um, you know, in the midst of the pandemic, depending on which country they're in, like what kind of, you know, <laughs> restrictions are you under? How are things going? Are you able to get groceries this week? And the biggest part of that is learn like, and this sounds really odd. You have to actually care. 
like about them as a human being. And there's not really a secret to that. It's just a thing that you have to do. You have to actually care. <laughs> you have to actually care, but that's the key. And that's the second or third thing that you mentioned that I find very important. A, you, you call the people you work with, they are wonderful human beings. You use the word or words human beings quite frequently. Yeah. You mentioned you actually have to care, show real interest in them as people, mm -hmm. right? And the third thing you mentioned earlier is that you actually have now a coach, a fitness, a health coach you work with to get yourself at the peak level so that you perform better as a person in your business. But I would also say probably outside of your business. These are three things I'm highlighting because I often receive them or hear them as pushbacks. I don't have time for that. Business life is too busy. But you are just the best example that it helps you in whatever you do with your productivity, the motivation of your team members, probably retention of your team members as well. And before I keep waffling on, I'm handing basically the word again over to you to just say, how do you make the time for it? And how or what are the impacts or the results you see as an outcome of it? One of the things I tell people all the time on my podcast is you have to give yourself permission to play, right? And that's just the phrase because it alliterates fun and I like it, but give yourself permission to play. And the reason I say that um, is because most people look at play or recreation, and we'll talk about the word recreation just to make sense, it's a really important word, as a reward we give ourselves for a job well done, mm. right? That if I do a good job, then I'll get to take the weekend off and go have fun with my wife and my kids, right? And there's a couple of problems with that. One, being entrepreneurs, we tend to never really think we've done a good enough job to have earned recreation. Like I'm not there yet. We don't know where there is because we haven't defined it, but we're pretty sure we're not there. And therefore it's okay if I work a little bit longer, right? Sleep a little bit less, mm -hmm. work a little bit harder, spend a little bit less time with my kids, mm -hmm. right? We're okay with all those things because we're not there yet and we haven't really defined there. So we never really get to have the reward that we're holding off on the other side. And the reality is, is that play is not a reward for a job well done. Mm -hmm. It is a requirement to do a good job, right? It, it needs to be flipped. And the word recreation, um, it actually, the root word is creation. It's creative, mm -hmm. right? And we, we talked a little bit earlier about the uh, five freedoms and the second one was the spiritual freedom. And realizing that the reason we have the ability to create is because we have a spark of divinity in us, right? That's the creativity. That's the only reason why we can create and why very few other creatures on the planet have the creative capacity is because they don't have that same breath of life that was put into them that we have, right? And so when you realize that the root word of recreation is creation and recreation, right, the, is, is what rebuilds the body, the mind, and the soul, right? It's what sets you on the right path, so to speak. So when I tell people all the time, give yourself permission to play, I mean, you know, at you know, every half hour, get up, take your dog for a walk. Not only will he love, it'll be good for you, right? Whatever, whatever it is, take your dog for a walk or like my, my son and my wife and I, we all just bought electric scooters. And so, you know, the whole last week we've been, uh, you know, every, every like 20 minutes or so, 23 minutes, I'll get up from whatever I'm doing and we'll, I'll take one of the kids and we'll go hop on the scooters and go balls <laughs> to the wall, 15 miles an hour, going in circles on the thing, right? <laughs> Having a blast yeah, because yeah. recreation, when you go and do that and when you get your endorphins going and get your muscles working and use your body, when you come and sit down to actually get work done, you will do better work. You'll do faster work. You'll do higher quality of work. You'll actually get better work done, 
right? And all of the stuff that you mentioned goes into that. That's right. It's being a human being, enjoying this world that was given to us that, you know, we were given dominion over, right? That's, it's what there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, that understand that sort of underscores, how do you live a great life? A lot of times we have this whole thing that we're like, I'm going to work and work and work and work until I retire. That's, it's too long, right? You, Agreed. you're not actually the light, your life is over then you're already, you like, you live your life now, right? Um, that's why you work hard is so you can enjoy your kids, enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the pool, enjoy the trees, enjoy everything that we've done, right? You work hard to build a life and to, you know, spend time cooking good food, whatever it is. Like for me, I, I'm a foodie. I love to cook. And if I have to spend an hour less time, like this afternoon, we're staying with our friends and they all know that I'm sort of, that I'm a foodie. And they're like, I, I make a macaroni and cheese that takes two hours to make. And we've got like wow. seven children under 10 who love macaroni and cheese, but we're talking like brown butter, roux and, you know, roasted garlic and bacon and, you know, smoked paprika and five different types of cheeses. The whole thing, it's really wonderful, stop, but it stop. takes, <laughs> yeah, it takes like two hours to make. It's worth it to take the two hours off of your work to go and do something that you really enjoy. Because when you sit back down to work, you'll have more of yourself to give. I'm loving this. It makes me almost a bit emotional. I really feel what you are saying. And I, I wished and I hope with this show, we can actually do that. More and more people really realize that this is the way to live. You know, not wait for the retirement to come. And then I start living my life. It's too short. It's too short. You only get one chance. Live it now. Yeah. Right. So how do you support your clients? We have spoken about a few aspects of your businesses so far, but how do you add value to the people around you? The Push Button Podcasts is a full service podcasting agency. So when I say full service, what I mean is we do literally everything for our businesses that we work with. Generally, our clients are businesses. Right. So they're using a podcast as part of their marketing suite. Yeah. And the problem with using a podcast as part of your marketing suite is podcasts take a metric crap ton of time to do yeah. well. Just like you can probably attest to this, everything <laughs> from booking guests to getting on the thing, to doing the interviews. And you're already three hours in and you don't even have content done yet. Yes. Right. And then after the interview is done, you have um, we over our clients, we've done whole year's worth of audits for everyone. We know for every hour of content, you're looking at anywhere between 10 to 16 hours or so of labor to get that all the way through the editing, the publication, the announcements, the promotion, all of the stuff. Generally it's for every episode every week. So it's a lot of work that goes into it. So when we say full service, we literally do all of that for you. So that the only thing our clients have to do is show up and do the interviews or show up and create the content, depending on what type of podcast they have. And so like one of our, our clients, we do all of the guest booking for them. We do all the research, we do all the stuff, we handle all their calendars, we do everything for them. So they just on their calendar for the hours they have available. We just fill up their calendar for them. They show up for the interviews. They record the interviews when they're done. We do everything else all the way to promotion and podcasting for them takes them, you know, two hours a week to do the interviews. That's the part of the interview that they are the part of the process they love. All right. I got another client of ours that does, uh, they do face to camera, like educational stuff, like whiteboard style, like training videos for their Fun. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have to do any calendar booking for that. They just do that themselves. And so once a month they sit down for four hours and they get four topics they put together and they do four videos and they get all that to us and they batch out that month's content. And that's all they do. And then they've got content going out every week on every platform, every single day stuff is happening. And their podcast is doing several thousand, you know, listens a month kind of thing. And they're growing their business because of that. So that's what we do is we take the whole marketing thing for podcasting. We pull it off of their plate and put it on ours because we have the systems to do it. Right. And we can do it for really inexpensive compared to hiring someone's right. So our full service platform starts at, I think, $1,250 a month. 
um, and we'll do everything for you. Like literally all of the things that you could think about doing, we'll do them all. And so it's a whole full service white glove thing where we help you create, I know we talked about this before we got on the call, but create the three A's, right? It's attention, awareness, and authority. And that's what your podcast is for, for your business. You want people to be aware that you exist, <laughs> that you have a solution to their problem. You want to get their attention. And then you want to deliver, right? You actually want to deliver on the content, show them that you can help them. And that's where you get the authority when you actually show them that you can help them with their problem. And then I know we didn't talk about this on the recording, but I have 10 commandments of podcasting. And one of them is like, we'll actually do the coaching to help you do all those things right. So you have a call to action. So your podcast isn't just going out there and, you know, being good content, but it's actually driving into your sales funnels and creating leads. Um, so anyways, that's what we do for our, our clients. So we help them take the podcasting off of their plate and actually build an audience with it. And then the second sort of part of that is just understanding that podcasting is not just an audio platform anymore. It's a multimedia platform. So it's video for YouTube and Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook and audio on you know iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all those places. It's, it's a multimedia facet with you know written content for Medium and for Google's blogs. We handle all of those things for our clients. So you're actually showing up everywhere all the time in your space. It's called Push Button Podcast. And that's actually what we do for our clients is we help them do platform build with podcasts. Your team being spread across not just the US, but I think Philippines, for example, as well, right? So have you ever seen your team members, met them face to face? No, but I do have open invitations to go visit them all. When our next step is we're looking at buying a, a sailing yacht and going port to port around the world. And they're like, hey, when you get to our country, come see us. We'll, we'll invite you in. <laughs> and incredible. I mean, seriously, I could probably talk to you for weeks about those different topics and everything you do. And I want to touch on your second business for just one, literally one second, because you do help your clients as well to establish the systems you were talking about. Am I right? Yes. So the, the second business is actually, um, it's an e-commerce business called Firefly Fuels. And I'm a partial owner of that company. So it's not entirely mine. And the owners of that company are good friends of mine. They've been clients of mine since 2014 or so. And helped them grow that business from four or $5,000 a month in Amazon sales to, you know, like $200,000 a month in sales. And what we sell is we sell patented glass oil refillable candles and the fuels that go in them, which are super cool. And one of the reasons I was brought into that business initially was both to help them grow their sales, but to grow their marketing channels and all those things. Yeah. And then to your second question is, how, is to help them build the systems, right? Because they hit a certain level in their business and they're like, hey, we're sort of stuck and we need to grow. And I was like, well, if you're stuck and you need to grow, I have experience there. And generally it's your systems. So you need to build and develop systems. So they actually brought me on as a partial owner to help them build the systems to take them to the next level. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to the second question. I actually have a... Uh, I have a course um, that I'm in the process of developing. I have the first, first like, you know, beta version of it done. It's called a push button process. And it's my whole process for how you build business systems and how you build business systems in a way that other people can manage them and that you can keep track of and manage them from your phone. I mean, how you build both, you know, use the power of the robotics and automations that are available and how you put those together with human systems and where you make the delineations between what can a robot do and what should a human be doing mm -hmm. and those kind of things. Anyways, we're, you know, I'm about halfway through the, uh, the 2.0 version of that course. And hopefully that'll, that'll uh, be coming out shortly. But if you'd like, I can get all of your, your audience access to that beta version of the course. They'll get a free upgrade to the second one when it's done. But that's a, uh, it's, it's just a, how to, how to build business systems that you can actually run your business on. I'm impressed. I'm inspired. I feel energized. And that's the best way 
to end my day today. Plus, I feel very playful now, so I need to see what I'm going to do after we have finished our call for today. You got a seven month at home, so you know you got all sorts of things that you can roll around on the floor and drool with them. That's the best. Well, the best is that he's now in bed because it's a bit later for me here, and he's already in bed. And I will probably enjoy just a really beautiful meal that my other half has cooked in the meantime and um, some quality time together. I think that yeah. sounds for me like a perfect evening. It does. It does sound wonderful. <laughs> hey, Richard, it has been an amazing pleasure. Such such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for talking to me, um, for sharing your story, your insights um, with the audience and with myself. And I, as I said before, and I think we could talk literally forever. And before I let you go, do share with us where we can find out more about you and where we can find also some more information on your podcasting systems. Yeah. So if you want to learn um, about our podcasting stuff, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com. A lot of our stuff is up there. You can see all of that. I'm, I told you earlier, I was working on our 10 commandments of podcasting. That's going to be a yeah. video series. It'll be out shortly. And there'll probably be some stuff on the side. You can sign up to get that when, when it shows up anyways. That's all on pushbuttonpodcast.com. If you want to follow me and like what we do, um, my, my personal website is richardmatthews.me. And that's got like our story for our business and some of the stuff we do with systems building and other things. My wife and son and I just started our travel vlog. We literally, we only have like 20 subscribers at this point. We've been traveling for four years and we're just finally starting to, <laughs> to uh, you know, actually talk about it a bit. My son's got his first video that he's working on, Aww. which by the way, life hack for homeschooling, find things that they're actually interested in doing and then figure out how to help them do those things in a way that can, you know, turn into business skills later. That's called days without incident because, you know, if you, you know, those signs I have up on construction jobs, like number of days without incident, ours is pretty much always zero. Um, right. I stepped on the thumbtack this morning. So my foot is currently bleeding while I'm doing this interview. Oh, gosh. Um, so like, you know, always something going on, <laughs> um, you know, or not, it's not always like dead on the side of the road, but there's always something broken. You're always fixing it. So our day, days without incident is zero pretty much all the time, but that's the name of our, uh, our channel on YouTube. Um, and other things. So those are probably the three places you could find me is push button podcasts, richardmatthews.me or days without incident on YouTube. Thank you so much for sharing your happiness with us. And as I said, loads of motivation and inspiration. Thank you, Richard. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to the Legendary Leaders podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then remember to subscribe to the show either on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or on my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com. I would also love to hear from you to discover what topics you'd like to hear more about, what topics really resonated with you, and how you're enjoying the show in general. Please do leave your review on iTunes as well. It would mean the world to me. Thank you so much and speak to you again next time. Bye.